we'll start. Gospel of John, chapter 14. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. Speaking to his disciples. It's real late in his life, and it's about time for him to go back to glory. And these things are real important. These last things that he's saying to his disciples. And he gets talking about the Holy Spirit here. John 14, verse 16. The Bible says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. You see why you and the world will never think alike if you're a Bible believer? The world can't receive him, and he's the one inside of your body telling you how to live. You and the world, you can't get together. You got something different controlling you. Now you can rebel against that, and over time, uh, he'll have less influence with you, even though he does indwell you if you're saved. But if you're living the kind of Christian life you should, he fills you and controls you, and you and the world can't look alike. You know how I know we've got a generation of Christians that aren't spirit-filled? They look just like the world. Right. And with a totally different spirit inside of them. He can't be the one in control. Verse uh, 17 says, Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. All right, verse 26, talking more about it. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So back in verse 16, he's the Comforter, capital C, that's his name. And verse 26, he's the Comforter, capital C, that's his name. Let me tell you what you're going to need on this earth. You're going to need comfort. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Your family is going to let you down. Your dearest loved ones are going to disappoint you. Yes. Your finances are going to fail. Your health is going to fail. Eventually, you're going to die. The guy you want to win the presidency is going to lose, and the team you want to win the game is going to lose. And uh, various things are just going to go wrong in life, and you're going to want a comforter. You know what we do in our day? Instead of having a comforter, we pop a pill. Yeah. <laughs> Makes us feel better. We sit down and talk to somebody about our feelings. Makes us feel better for a little bit. But it never fixes anything. But the comforter shows up with real comfort that makes a difference. Alright, uh, that's chapter 14. Let's look at chapter 15. John 15, verse 26. But when the comforter, capital C, is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. All right, chapter 16. John 16, verse 1. These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. When you're a Bible-believing Christian, you're not, you didn't sign up for a playroom. I mean, they'll kick you out. You'll feel rejected. You'll be persecuted, and in some cases, even killed. It's one reason we have the pictures on the walls of our Baptist history. We need to remember, um, you go to jail for believing like we do in most places. Amen. The United States of America is unusual 
in that the Virginia Baptists, as you well know, influence so much, so we have religious freedom and individual civil and religious liberty uh, because of their influence, but in, but in most of history, this was against the government to believe like this. Verse 3, And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. Look at verse 7 here in John 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter, capital C, will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. I know what's going on in this day. We've got a bunch of people that want to feel better. They feel bad. Their heart's broken. Things that they always thought they could count on and anchor their soul to get stripped away. Amen. They're broken. They're sad. And they're trying everything the world says. The world says, here, listen to this music. It'll deaden the pain. Here, pop this pill. It'll deaden the pain. Here, sit and talk to this woman about your feelings. It'll deaden the pain. They're looking for something. I get it. I understand it. Yeah. You know what you need? You need capital C comforter. Yes. You need somebody like was in the uh, offertory. Oh, thou who changest not, abide with me. There's something you can count on. If you have the best mom and daddy in the world one of these days, they die, don't they? Right. You can't have them forever. You can have the comforter all the way to the Lord calls you home. And you'll be there in heaven with us. Amen. Verse 13. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. I want to preach this morning on this subject. Meet my therapist. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to read and study your word, and I pray that you'll take these things and help them to sink down into our ears and minds and hearts and change us as a result of our relationship with you above all other things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. I want to say this morning that the Spirit gives the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ a sound mind. We are not well in the Western world in this day, mentally. Amen. Many a time on Wednesday nights, I pull out the latest article from how mentally disturbed, unstable, and sick we are. This is not up for debate. Everybody agrees. All the studies say that mental illness is up, depression is up, anxiety is up, uh, suicide attempts are up, suicide success is up. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We're not doing well in this area. And the Lord Jesus Christ knew that his disciples were not being left in a time where things would all be great in this area. And he said, here's what is true. As great as he is as the Son of God, Jesus Christ, he said, it's good for you that I leave because if I leave, I don't send the Comforter and you're going to need this Comforter, capital C. So let's study him in his office as our comforter. That's who I go to for my counseling. Yes. It's who I go to for what they now call oftentimes therapy. Yeah. You know why? Because Jesus Christ recommended him. Amen. You can find a better one than that. You can go down here and get uh, pay big money for a counselor or a therapist, a Christian one, 
and get one better than the one the Lord Jesus Christ recommended. And I just read several places where he told of how they'd need him. No, you won't find a better one than that. All right, first thing I want to say about him is, and I've already mentioned this some, is uh, he's named the Comforter, capital C. Now, that's who you need. Life is going to get difficult. Uh, more and more, those of us coming from our family of origin, it's a mess. And the family we marry into, it turns into a mess. And the heartbreak and the disappointment just keeps hitting. And that's why study after study after study shows the problems we're in. One of the big reasons for that is uh, we live in a time of hatred. Yes. Uh, John chapter 15 verse 18 says, If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. Right. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, that I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. You know why the world hates the Bible believe in Baptists because Jesus chose them out of the world. And by the way, this is true largely of anybody that's saved, not just us Baptists. I just happen to be in a Baptist church, that's why I'm saying that. But uh, if you've trusted the Lord Jesus as your Savior and you're trying your best to live for Him, the world doesn't care for you. Now, many a time they'll try to turn that around and act as if we don't love them. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's true. No. Exactly wrong. Because Jesus chose us out of them, they hate us. That's right. We're the ones preaching the gospel to them, trying to keep them out of hell. That's right. And they tell that the people that never mention hell let people go to hell, but talk nice to them are the ones that love them. No, that's not how it works. Sometimes the person that hits you pretty hard is the one that loves you is trying to uh, save your life. I've told you about the time Mama was a little girl and got hooked on the electric fence and was sitting there shaking. And Uncle Grady hit her just as hard as he could and knocked her off that electric fence. Why? Was he mad at her? Was that why he hit her right in the chest? No, because he was saving her. If somebody's going to hell and the lake of fire to burn forever, sometimes you get a little urgent about that. Sometimes we yell when we preach. Are, are we the hater? According to the world, they are. That was why the Romans had the, had the uh, Christians uh, in the Roman Colosseum persecuted and sometimes eaten by lions. You know what their crime was? Hatred of the human race. <laughs> they say we hate them trying to save them from hell. That's how backward all this thing gets. Amen. But Jesus is clear. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. You need a comforter because it's a time of hatred. Also because it's a time of rejection. Chapter 16, uh, verse 2, put out of the synagogues. The end of verse 2, whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. The way you know the world is, they don't know the Father or the Son, the Lord Jesus. They don't know them or have only the vaguest notion of them and an incorrect notion at that, not a biblical notion of them. So you'll need the comforter because it's a time of hatred, because it's a time of rejection, because it's a time of loneliness. Verse 4, But these things have I told you that when the time come, 
uh, you may remember that I told you of them, and these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. From time to time, somebody is removed from your life, and sorrow filled your heart. You know what you need when that happens? You need a comforter. Capital C. More and more and more, because of the influence of so many ills of our day in our society, people are growing up brokenhearted. Because somebody that they love and hope to count on is at least half ripped out of their lives. You know what our society needs? Capital C, comforter. He's named the comforter. All right, the second thing I want to point out about him, and this is a real big one, gets all kind of trouble with a lot of people. He is male. That's different than a lot of therapists. Notice the masculine here with this gender war going on. Everybody gets blown mad to even talk about masculine leadership. There is an astounding lack of masculine leadership in our day. And it's just as much to blame on both genders for it. The women for not having it, the men for not providing it. Notice it's the son, male, who prays for him to be sent in 1416 and in 1426 and in 167. Notice it's the father, male, who gives him to you. And notice that he stays with you. Getting hard to find some masculine leadership that'll stick with you these days. Amen. They quit. They leave. They run away. They back down. Yeah. Scared to death they'll offend somebody. They need offended. You can't help them if you can't comfort them if you don't stick around. Holy Spirit will. Chapter uh, 14, verse. 16, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may look at it. Abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. When you have him, you'll have something that the rest of the world can only envy you for. Right. And that's a real good testimony. Because when you have something that they know they lack, they're going to wonder about it. And yeah, sometimes it'll make them angry. Sometimes it'll make them jealous. Sometimes that'll be a witnessing opportunity. They'll notice, hey, wait a minute. That guy's stable when the others aren't. That guy has some joy that lasts even through hard times where the others don't. He stays with you. He teaches you and reminds you of what Jesus said, the end of verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 26 says, And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. One thing you'll notice about the Holy Spirit, He keeps pointing back to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He guides you. One of the main reasons you need the Counselor of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter of the Holy Spirit, the Therapist of the Holy Spirit, however you want to refer to Him in today's terms, He will guide you into all truth. 
as I've already said, sometimes sitting talking about your feelings or popping a pill or listening to some mind-numbing music with that constant beat, boom, 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 boom. Sometimes you feel better a little bit temporarily, but let me tell you what it never does. It never guides you into any truth. Amen. It never fixes Amen. anything. Let me tell you what will. The Holy Spirit of God yes. speaking through the Word of God. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. He's the author of Scripture. That's right. Amen. What a thing. He guides you. I'll tell you, and this, this is a big way that you know the right counselor. He is not self-centered. These verses say, He shall not speak of himself. Proverbs 18, 2, A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. A lot of what some people call counseling or therapy is sitting and talking and just discovering your heart and how you feel. That's not what the Bible teaches. He's not self-centered. Uh, the Bible talks about the end times and how dangerous they get. Let me read to you from 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Oh boy. All right, so when it gets real dangerous, here's the description of those days. Verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Number one outstanding characteristic of dangerous, dangerous days is men are lovers of themselves. Oh boy. Nobody's pointing back to Jesus Christ. They're thinking, how do I feel? Did they shake my hand? Did they notice me? Did I feel accepted? Did they laugh at my joke? Did they pat me on the back? Did they? It's just me, me, I, I, I. You want your what kind of a day you're in? Dangerous day when people talk like that. Did they notice me? For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Notice how lovers of their own selves affects your natural affection. Oh, i got to take care of myself. i got to be true to myself. Well, if you do, you end up hurting some people real close to you. Because yes. lover of yourself ties into losing your natural affection. Yeah. That's what's wrong with a lot of parent-child relationships in our day. Truth breakers. False accusers. Doesn't hurt you a bit. Just lie on people. It gives you some power over them. Incontinent. Fierce. Despisers of those that are good. You take a clean, old-fashioned way of living, it's despised in our yes. day. It's looked down on. Good old-fashioned music, pff, stupid, they don't get it. Clean language, don't get it. Despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Notice these people can even have some little bit of love for God. It doesn't say no love for God, but it does say lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Months and years and months and years and months and years and talking about how they feel and what all they got going on and what's going on in their and months and years later they're still not any better. Amen. You know why? They didn't get capital C comfort. 
they got somebody sneaking in and trying to lead the women captive. That's what they're trying to do. I didn't write that verse. Lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts. That's, that's 2 Timothy 3, 6. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to trick the women. That's exactly what they're doing. That's what the scripture says. All right, another one is 2 Peter 2, 14. It talks about false teachers and people that mix a little religion in with these things. 2 Peter 2, 14. Having eyes full of adultery. See the beguiling there? Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. You know what you do? You find somebody unstable and you go in and you beguile and get what you want. Eyes full of adultery cannot cease from sin. So he's male. Son prays for him to be sent. The father sends him to you. He stays with you. He teaches you. He guides you. He is not selfish. I'll tell you something else. He can be grieved. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let me tell you about your comforter, capital C. Don't grieve him. You open the door to him. You say, Holy Spirit of God, come and help me. I need you. I don't need this stuff the world has. We've already read it. Whom the world cannot receive. I need the stuff that's real. I need the stuff that's lasting. I need the stuff that's eternal. I need the stuff that brings joy. He's named the comforter. He is male. His first job is reproof. Uh, we're here in John 16. Look at verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will look at his first job. Reprove means to fuss at somebody, point out where they're wrong. Kind of sound like an old-fashioned preacher, doesn't it? <laughs> the Holy Spirit's job number one is reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. All right, so what's his first reproof? Is it because you won't quit your drinking? You won't quit your bad habits? No. His first reproof is of sin because they believe not on me. You give the Lord Jesus your heart, Bob Jones Sr. said, and he'll come the kinks out of your head. You got some bad habits you're fussing with and fighting with. I'll tell you what, dude. Get right with the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive him as your Savior and make him your best friend and live in fellowship with him. A whole lot of those Bad habits will get a whole lot easier to deal with then. Primarily, he reproves you for unbelief in Jesus Christ. Always amazes me how that we're thought of as old-fashioned Bible-believing Christians as just having all these rules. No, we got one rule. Let Jesus come into your heart. Now, when he has, a whole lot of other things change, but that one takes care of all of them. Yes, it and it is true that we get, we get self-righteous and we get legalistic about a lot of the details. But if we just get somebody to fall in love with Jesus Christ, they all take care of it. They're all taken care of. But there's a real tie between the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, isn't there? Because yes. when Jesus left, he sent the comforter. Primarily for unbelief. Secondarily... He reproves them about righteousness. 
of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. You know what righteousness is? Jesus Christ. He is God's righteousness personified. Thirdly, because of judgment. Verse 11 says of judgment. Why? Because the prince of this world is judged. Isn't that interesting? The devil is called the prince of this world. If it's something they're doing out in this world, you know what it is? It's of the devil. Yeah. In another place, he's called the God, little g-o-d, of this world. The God of this world. That's why we preach against the world and being worldly. Because the Bible <laughs> says he's the prince of this world and the God of this world. And it shows how the world and the flesh and the devil fights against the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, if the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. This world hates the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you love him? What kind of a friend would you be if uh, you were friends with somebody and yet you knew that uh, this other group hates your friend, is going to beat up your friend, maybe even kill your friend, and tear up your friend's family and take all your friend's money? And you say, well, that's between them. I'm still going to be friends with them. <laughs> that's not a very loyal friend, is it? No. You say you're a friend of Jesus Christ and you and this world get along? Something wrong somewhere. That isn't what Jesus Christ said the world thought of him. Yeah. He said they hated him. Thirdly, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Another thing I'll say about my counselor, the Holy Spirit, he guides you into all truth. First of all, there's objective truth, like uh, inspiration of the Bible. Do you believe the Bible or not? Uh, creation. Who created this world? Whose world is This is my Father's world, and to my listening ear, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. Atonement, the atonement of Jesus Christ, that he shed his blood to atone for all our sins. I don't believe it's a limited atonement. I believe it's open unto all. Yes. The second coming. The Lord Jesus is coming back one day, and we won't have to worry about who to elect to run things. He'll come and run them, and he'll run them right, and a thousand years of peace will happen on this earth. Be real peaceful for those of us that are in submission to him. Yes. Those are the objective truths, but you know there are some subjective truths. Romans, uh, Romans 11 here, I think is what I'm looking here. Romans 11 verse 14. If by any means I might provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. He said, I speak to the Gentiles, and when I speak to the Gentiles, it's to try to still get the Jews. I'm not just preaching an objective truth like God created the world, but I'm trying to think of something that will get the group that I'm after. I'm the apostle of the Gentiles, and I'll get them. Now, sometimes there's some subjective truths. Sometimes there's some things that you can tailor to the person that you're speaking to to try to get them. You know what Paul said in one place? He said, being crafty, I took them with guile. <laughs> I was reading about a guy that was a, an atheist not long ago, and a Christian went to talk to him. And he said, you mean to tell me you don't believe there's any God and there's no heaven and there's no hell and there's no hereafter and you don't have to pay for your sins or anything? You're just down here like an animal? And well, the first thing we need to do is pray about that and see if there's any truth to the way you believe it. And he said, pray? I don't believe in God. How can I pray? He said, well, let's think of something you do believe in. You believe in love, don't you? Like you, I know you love your mother very 
particularly. Let's pray to love. I know you believe in love. God said, well, yeah, I, I do have some people who love me, and I love them a lot. They're real important to me. He said, well, good, then. Let's pray to love. <laughs> you know what he had done? He just tricked that guy into praying to God. You know what the Bible says? God is love. Sure enough, he started praying about love and praying about the love of his parents for him and praying about the love that God had for the world when he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the more they talked, and the more they talked, and the more they talked, the more the convicting power of the Holy Spirit came in. You know what? That was a pretty smart thing to do. Yeah. Subjective truths. He just sit there and worked with the guy. Now, he could have just went, what? You're an atheist? You don't believe in God? The fool has said in his heart there is no God. Stomped off. Told him right, buddy. And he was right. He would have been right if he had handled it that way. But it's even better. If you can get a subjective truth and get in there and get their hearts. Uh, here's another one, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. Listen, there's the objective truths of God's Word, and there are the subjective truths that might reach somebody's heart because of something the Lord's been dealing with them on. And you never know. And the best thing for you to do is pray for somebody, talk to them every now and then, get to know them a little. That's one reason why it's so good to establish a relationship with somebody and get to know them and get to know their hearts. You can witness so much more effectively one-on-one -on -one when you get to know the person. The Holy Spirit of God does that. And thank God He not only knows us, but He knows the Lord. The Holy Spirit, you know why He can help us to pray? Because He knows God. He is close to God, the Father. All right, He guides you into all truth. I'll say one other thing in closing. He glorifies Jesus Christ. He reminds you of whatsoever Jesus said. We've already referred to that. You know you've got the right counselor when they're pointing you right straight to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why my soul is anchored? Number one, because the Lord saved me. Number two, because I surrendered my life to him. But you know one big reason I did? Because I have a mama and daddy that kept that in front of me and talked about it and kept me under teaching and under preaching and read the Bible to me and prayed to me. And Every single time I saw them, they were, figuratively speaking, pointing right straight to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, did I do it all perfectly? Well, Lord, no. I'm sorry to say I didn't. But there was no doubt the general trajectory of my life was going to be toward Jesus. Now, you get the Holy Spirit of God pointing you to the Lord Jesus, and you let that be your counselor, you found the right one. Yes. He points to Jesus Christ. Uh, one reason that's so important is that without Jesus, you can do nothing. Look at uh, John chapter 15 and verse 4. John 15 verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. 
He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you're pretty limited. <laughs> it's not what it says, is it? For without me ye can do nothing. A zero with the ring rubbed out. <laughs> with Jesus, you can do whatever. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. But without Jesus, there's nothing. You may as well take another drink of liquor. You may as well pop another pill. You may as well look for something to just make you feel better for a few minutes. That's all you got. You get Jesus Christ, you got the thing that lasts. You got the thing that stays. You got the thing that increases. And as we so often quote, the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. He reminds you of what Jesus said. Without Jesus, you can do nothing. He talks about and glorifies Jesus. You know what you can do? The Lord Jesus, His Spirit, you can become the perfect man. And when I say man, I mean man in the sense of mankind. I don't just mean, you know, the sex of man. Psalm 37, 37, Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. You know who you're wanting to pattern yourself after? You want to be the perfect man, Ephesians 4.13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, He shall not speak of Himself. He shall speak of me. And of course that's Jesus Christ speaking when He says that. There is the counselor that you need. Put the Holy Spirit in control of your life. As we Amen. often illustrate it, let Him be the hand inside the glove that is your body. Let Him be the one that moves you. Let Him be the one that controls what you love, what you think about, how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you treat your family, how you treat your neighbors, how you treat this world, what you stay busy with. The Spirit of God. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to read and study your word. And Lord, we do live in a, in a bad day, and it is a dangerous time.